Welcome, Gasheads, to this GasCast build-up episode for the Wiccan game at home on Saturday. I'm your host, Tom Metcalf, and I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Wiccan fan, Dale. Hi, Dale. Hello. Rovers lost away to Blackpool on Saturday, which means the last time we avoided defeat on the opening day is all the way back in the conference season with a draw against Grimsby. For a win, you'd have to go back even further to Wimbledon 2011. New keeper Chicola punched a Blackpool player in the head, getting nowhere near a cross to give Blackpool a penalty, which Jay Spearing slotted away. Hopes of a second half fight back were extinguished straight away as slack defending allowed Armand Gandale to nod home. In contrast, Wickham registered a 2-0 win against a severely depleted Bolton team that was travelling with only three senior pros. Dale, how was it on Saturday? Uh, it was quite a unique uh, occasion to um, <laughs> be favourites in any game in League One, frankly, but uh, particularly against a club the size of Bolton Wanderers. But obviously, given their well-documented situation, uh, uh, I think uh, quite a few people felt that it was a buy for us. I've seen Andy Holt, the Accrington Stanley owner, saying as much in, on his Twitter. Um, uh, I've seen a, f- a few Wickham fans and Bolton fans, for that matter, take a bit of umbrage at that comment. Um, I, I probably wouldn't go that far, but uh, Bolton were competitive, even though they did put out a very young team. Uh, and they, uh, there were some quite uh, impressive performances, both from uh, their younger players and their fans were fantastic. Uh, so it doesn't sound like it was completely men against boys, like it's, I kind of thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a bit of a work and walkover. Uh, the scoreline could have been at the end if we had, um, well, any of our players had their shooting boots. Uh, it could have been 8-0 at the end. The, the last 15 minutes, they, they got completely ragged. Two of their kids got cramp, um, uh, and they just basically run out of steam. Uh, but I think our players must have must have been uh, feeling sympathetic. That might explain the bad finishing. <laughs> do you think it's kind of? Do you think you can get an accurate feel for where the, your team is based on that game, or do you think it's going to be maybe against Rovers? You'll kind of start to see where the level is. Yeah, no, no, there's absolutely no way you can tell on that that game. Um, unique. I, I mean, I don't think we'll even get a, a real idea after Saturday's game with uh, with your lot. Um, given the transfer window doesn't close till the end of uh, August or September the second, I think it is. Um, I think some of the teams are going to change, and obviously, if you lose Johnson, Clark, Harris, then your situation probably looks a, a little bit worse than it already does. <laughs> Oh, yeah, if we, if we lost to him, it'd be absolutely shocking. Um, yeah, I think we might be all right, though. Just There's been interest in him, allegedly, but it hasn't really come to that much so far, and he has been injured. So if he does come back and start kind of banging him in, it, it should be re- close enough to the transfer deadline that we we don't let him go. If he did go, we've we've got him on like a long deal, so it should be like kind of, yeah, towards two million for him, really. But... We'll see. I've I've got the feeling that if he's banging him in come January, he's he's going to be off, which would be upsetting. But like, we'll get a good payday for him rather than losing players on the cheap, which has been our uh, traditional way of losing our best players. Yeah, I can. I'm very very much sympathise with you there. We've had to let a lot of our players go recently on the cheap because uh, we're not in any position to bargain for better fees. But um, I must admit, from my perspective, um, and I know you're a lot closer to it. Johnson Clark Harris's injury does look appear rather convenient, um, and that it's a you know potentially a cover for a move. But uh, yeah, I guess we're going to find out in the next three weeks. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of transfers, we were just speaking before we went on air that uh, Jack Grimmer signed for you guys. Um, he was heavily linked with with Rovers, he, he, and from what commentary was saying, he kind of came as a a bit of a deal with um, Davis as well, who we did end up signing. Did he kind of stand out on Saturday? Uh, I thought he didn't play anywhere near his potential. Um, as I'm sure you've experienced as a, as a football fan yourself, you see opposition players, you think, oh, I'd quite like to sign him. And then you think, well, that's never going to happen. Uh, and then this summer, suddenly he turned up on trial in one of our friendlies and you're just thinking, well, wouldn't that be lovely if we could get him? And um, our first choice right back, Jason McCarthy, had aroused interest from Millwall and uh, uh, they have paid a fee for him, obviously undisclosed, like every other transfer fee. Uh, but it meant that we needed a right back and Jack Grimmer was available and we snapped him up. So I'm delighted. Yeah, um, the Coventry fans kind of really rated him, and he's he's a young lad, so yeah, I was a bit upset that we didn't get him in the end. But yeah, best of luck to the lad. Um, one of the things I'm I wanted to get. To watch him, I have to yeah. say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see him on Saturday as well. Yes. So the pad. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, actually, you've mentioned the situation at Bolton. Um, the fans have got a lot of press for kind of travelling in massive numbers. And for being quite raucous, were they in good spirits? Yeah, I think there's sort of a, a siege mentality amongst them. They probably recognise the fact that they aren't. Uh, they're, they're they're in such a bad situation that they could be looking at extinction. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. And um, having spent the summer waiting for news for their takeover and, and basically being told next to nothing. Um, I think the fact that they just had a football match to go and watch, uh, go and watch their team. I mean, I, I think it probably helped that Adams Park was a new ground for them, but um, their club couldn't sell any of the tickets because of their situation, being in administration. So all the tickets were sold through Wickham Wanderers, which I think makes it even more impressive. The Bolton fans, you know, made the effort. Um, they almost pretty much sold out the away end, and they came down and they really backed their their kids. Obviously. They had no idea what team they were going to be putting out. And um, I have to say, I think the kids did them proud uh, that you, you you sensed the spirit of that club with a manager like Phil Parkinson, who God knows what he's been going through for the last few few months. Um, but he put a team out there that was competitive. And for 75 minutes, they, uh, they excelled, really. Um, the centre-back, uh, Johan Zuma, who is Chelsea, uh, sorry, is he at Chelsea now? I think he might have gone to Everton. Uh, Kurt Zuma's brother, uh, I think he's 18. He was centre-back up against uh, Adebayo Akinfenor, and he was very impressive, as was uh, Liam Edwards, who was the centre-back alongside him, also 18. Um, you know, they gave Akinfenor a game for 75 minutes until they tired. So, um, yeah, I think Bolton Wanderers fans will be quite proud of what they did on Saturday and let's hope it uh, the future is going to turn around for them now yeah keeping Akin Fenwa quiet is no mean feat it's, I mean he's getting on now is he is this uh, kind of I, like is it uh, winding down or is he no no um, I think Akin Fenwa is such a um, charismatic bubbly you know larger than life character if I can use that expression and um he loves football, basically. You can just see it. That, that, that's what he wants to do. He wants to be on the pitch. 
he's literally like a teenager or even maybe even a younger uh, boy that just wants to play, loves to, loves to play. And um, yeah, he's 37. He signed on for another season. I think he possibly had offers in America, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, but he decided to stay. That this will be his fourth season at Adams Park. He's up there with one of our best ever signings, and um, his impact is undeniable. Um, he's just great to watch as well. Yeah, I remember him. Uh, I think it must have been yeah last January when you came to the Mem. Um, he came out after all the subs. He he come out late for whatever reason and had to walk past the uh, what's now a Thatcher's end, and um, he was getting a few sing songs about his tits from the uh, home fans, which he he. To be fair to him, he took on the chin, clapped him and all that, and you just think, yeah, he just loves being a footballer. He didn't kind of get pissy or anything. I thought it was quite good. He's very much used to that song. Bolton fans sang it on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be done. Um, So how have Wickham been playing um, kind of formation-wise? What can we expect on Saturday? Kind of, I guess, with only the one game so far, but I guess uh, formations would have been tried out in pre-season and that. Yeah, I don't really do pre-seasons. They're uh, glorified train sessions from my perspective. But um, given that Gareth Ainsworth has been manager for um, seven years now, but, um, you know what to expect. Uh, his preferred formation is 4-3-3, which I see is the same formation that you played at Blackpool on Saturday. Um, so I don't see any reason why he'd want to change that. He'll go 4-3-3. Um, and... I think most opposition fans know exactly what Wickham Wanderers are going to give you, and that's uh, um, a very hard game. Um, the dark arts, as uh, some people might refer to them, are something that Ainsworth learned from uh, uh, John Beck, the manager um, most famously, I think, from Cambridge United, where he had Ainsworth. He also had Ainsworth at Preston North End and at Lincoln City. So in three different spells, Ainsworth played under him, and you can see his influence. It's very clear. Um, the style is uh, not always easy on the eye, and um, uh, the, our midfield players particularly, but pretty much the, the whole ethos of the side is to get stuck in, don't give the opposition time to play. And um, and that's how you or how the team sets itself up to win matches. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm glad you brought up the dark arts because I remember um, you basically nicked a win against us um, the last time we played at the Mem, and it was a lot of even from like it was obviously you'd set up for stay solid, take a point because you've already got one at that point. If you can nick a win, great. But it was a lot of like the stuff that really pisses fans off, like the going down at every opportunity, the time wasting, all that kind of stuff. Is that um, is that something you get at home, or is that just an away tactic kind of thing? Oh no, that's that, that's part of Ainsworth ta- Ainsworth's tactics um, in general, really. Um, it's uh, it's an unusual situation to find yourself in. Um, in our history, particularly when uh, before we became uh, semi-pro and then pro, we had a reputation as an amateur team for playing um, attractive passing football. Um, and obviously every club has spells with managers where you struggle and the style of football deteriorates as a consequence. But this is the first, really the first time where 
you've had a manager that really sets his stall out to um, to play a style that's not uh, aesthetically pleasing, shall we say. Um, I think sometimes as a Wickham fan watching it, uh, it can... What's the word? It can be a little bit annoying, if I'm the truth be told. Um, yeah, on the other hand, uh, it's proved successful on the, on the whole. Uh, and when certain groups of fans, uh, and I'm particularly thinking of Plymouth Argyle here, um, are, just go absolutely crazy, um, it, it's very difficult not for not to become amusing. Um, they're literally rabid, frothing at the mouth. Uh, uh, everything that happens on the pitch um there was a the, the remarkable one nil win we had over them in january um which was our last win for about two and a half months um it was an own goal one of their uh yan songo put a corner into his headed a corner into his own net and then the rest of the game they just they, they seem we seem to have beaten them in their heads you know um so i guess from a wickham supports perspective you have to take the rough with this move and uh, this move is that we're still in League One and uh, it's very debatable whether we would be if we'd adopted a different style. I mean, yeah, I mean, thank you for being so kind of candid with that. I mean, last season we had a kind of similar-ish situation where um, Daryl Clark left in January, Graham Coughlin uh, took over and made us very hard to beat. It was kind of a it was a horrible style of football. It wasn't there to win any plaudits. It was there, like Graham has said, you know, players in the trenches, grind out results, just stay in the league at all costs. And he's kind of build it up this season to be like, right, we want to play a bit more attacking, a bit more on the front foot, possession, that kind of stuff. So we'll see how it goes down. Um, what we saw against Blackpool wasn't anything near like what <laughs> I was expecting from Graham's uh, talking of it up. But um, Blackpool are a very good team and they, they didn't give us a minute's piece on the ball and I expect Wickham to be exactly the same so we'll we'll see how we uh we deal with that um who would you say um are Wickham players to watch uh on Saturday oh now we've had quite a good summer in terms of transfers so we've made uh, a few exciting signings it all depends on what team um Gareth Ainsworth decides to select um any uh, very rarely picks the team that I would tip pick. Um, uh, I think I'd have to go for Paul Smith, who is on a season-long loan from Queen's Park Rangers, and you will have come up against him last season whilst he was on a loan at Accrington Stanley. He plays on the right wing. He's diminutive. Uh, he's very quick. Um, he's got very technically gifted, and he'll um, be interesting to see what sort of impact he has uh, playing away from home because. Um, it was a little bit quiet for me on Saturday against Bolton, even though he was awarded man of the match. He did get our first goal with a little bit of help from Bolton's goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, I think if I had to pick someone, I'd go for Paul Smith. He's probably the, the man to keep an eye out for. Um, Alex Patterson is a central midfielder who made his debut on Saturday. He joined us from Middlesbrough, having spent last season on loan at Yeovil Town. He had a very good game as well. Um, uh I'm looking forward to watching him this season. Uh, and hopefully David Wheeler might get a start. Um, he's joined us on from QP, QPR on a permanent deal. And obviously I'm guessing you probably know David Wheeler from his time at Exeter City. Um, yeah, I can't believe that's a hell of a coup, really. Yeah, that's, 
yeah um <laughs> yes i think that's probably the signing that caught a lot of wickham supporters out every the other signings were sort of expected um but that one really did come out of the blue um he started on the bench Saturday, so uh, I'm not too sure on his fitness. Um, and if I, I've already name-checked three players, but if I can throw in a fourth, uh, Fred Onyedimma has joint, returned for his third spell, this time permanently for Millwall. Um, I think one of my issues with the team is we, we often don't have enough pace, particularly in attack, and Fred Onyedimma definitely gives us that. So if he was to start on Saturday, then... Um, uh, that would be a step in the right direction for me because he really does scare defenders with his pace. That's um, an interesting one because uh, I think the Blackpool player Kai Kai uh, was really, really bloody quick. And yeah, he scared the shit out of our defensive <laughs> centre-backs because we've got Tony Craig who's getting on for 100 and um, <laughs> the aforementioned Tom Davis who isn't the quickest. So yeah, pace is a bit of a worry Uh for us, our fullbacks are reasonably quick, so hopefully we'll have enough to uh, contain the wingers. But yeah, up front's a bit of a worry. Mm. Um, could I prod you for a score prediction? Oh dear, I'm notorious for being pessimistic when it comes to predicting uh, scores and matches. Um, I, if Johnson Clark Harris plays, then uh, I think if you'd offer me a point, I'd be very tempted to take it right now. Um, based on his form at the end of last season but um, if, if he's not fit then uh, I definitely would fancy us to get another 1-0 one, one win so I'm going to go for that I think I share your um, your point of view on that one yeah Blackpool um, we had the youngster um, from Barnsley uh, Victor Adebayo uh, I'm sure I've just murdered his name there uh, <laughs> up front on his own pretty much we were playing near enough a 3-5-1 and he, he was so isolated if that was Johnson you'd kind of expect him to be able to he's very good at hold up play not only just you know creating goals out of nothing but his hold up play is very good um mm. if he does play I'm hoping that uh we've got another youngster uh Tyler Smith from Sheffield United who's um shown flashes um he played he came on against Blackpool he played quite well he can hold the ball up well he's rapid as well so I'm hoping if we're gonna if we're gonna play 4-3-3 I hope at least one of those two figures if they do i've yeah i've got a feeling we'll be able to sneak it um one thing i wanted to ask you about so i've not been to wickham away before i am going to this season and i've heard lots and lots of rumors about this tent for the away fans have you ever been i'm hearing rumors of bratwurst curryverst tent beer sports you know it's it's every man's dream <laughs> Well, it depends what your your dreams and fantasies are, Tom. But um, <laughs> let's not let's not uh, look at that, Fred. Um, uh, we've um, in the, we're in the midst of a takeover of sorts with an American consortium. I'm not too sure if that's the right word. Anyway, um, they were they were looking at taking over at Yeovil um, towards the end of last season, but um, that never came off. So they're, they're now at Adams Park, um, and they are. Um, uh, winning the hearts and minds of quite a lot of Wicca Wondrous fans. However, uh, they really are um, sort of taking over the day-to-day running of the club, from what I can gather. Certainly at, at a, on a business level. Um, so on Saturday, they arranged for a, a beer tent for, um, 
featured the beer from our local brewery, the Rebellion, um, which is quite popular. Um, but I'm pretty sure that was just for home fans. For away fans, I'm trying to remember if they still had the beer tent. Um, I've got a feeling they did. Um, I, um, as you've pointed out, the fact that you, you were even aware of it shows that it's popular. Um, it doesn't really make a great deal of sense for them not to pursue it, but um, and keep it going. Um, given the geography of Adams Park, you come in the gate and the way ends to immediately to your left, which is again where you'll find the tent. So it all sort of works logistically. So um, I anticipate that you, you will uh, your your dreams may well come true. I mean, it is a deal breaker for me if the, if I hear that the tent's off, I'm not going. Basically, I've I've now boycotted um, Walsall Way because they closed the Saddlers Club, which regular listeners will know is a, a big, big disappointment to me. That was that was my heaven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a complete aside there. That's about all we've got time for. Thank you very much for your time, Dale. Hey, you're welcome. And thank you very much, Gasheads, for listening. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and up the gas.